0: Amen, amen, man. Uh, uh, gosh, I love that song. I love that song. Who loves that song? Raise your hand, man. This is such a good song, right? Good, good. You know, I've had the pleasure in in, in going to uh, different going to different events at the end of the year. I mean, at the end of the year for youth ministry, it gets exhausting. Let me tell you that right now. Oh my gosh, man. Woo. Let me tell you, and if I could just tell you just within the just within the past few years that I can tell you that, you know, with over 10 graduations I've been to, not one has been at the same school, just FYI, <laughs> right? Absolutely. When you, when you represent 16 schools amongst two different states in um, three, no, four different counties, and not even including homeschool, you learn that, man, this, is, this needs to be repeating itself, but no, it's not, but that's an awesome thing, because our f- footprint is huge, and that just gives us more avenue to make disciples of all the nations, amen? Amen. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of that. I'm so thankful for that. Um, and it's such an awesome thing to see. And, and, you know, when you get to go to events and at the end of the school year, talent shows and, and, and even uh, choir shows, um, it's awesome to know that there are songs like that that are on the radio that have won Billboard pop charts um, that are also awesome. The Christian, the Christian pop charts as well that can just shed light to students and shed light to families too. And I am honored to say that two of our students have actually sang that song in, in different, in, in those avenues, in those talent shows as well. So that way they, because they're shedding light. And that just brings me so much hope to know that they are shedding light on the world today, on a dark world today. And that's what we're going to talk about when we open up in Mark. Uh, we're going to talk about shedding light and what that looks like, and, and essentially, as Jesus was talking um, in Mark 4, so if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up to Mark 4 uh, real quick, but before we get into that, in um, speaking of the graduation theme, and how we have graduation coming up, I just want to shed some light on some other things as well, and I remember graduation, and in, in sitting in graduations, and I remember the first time I was in a graduation, and sitting, man, as a, as a, 10-year-old kid, 11-year-old kid, when you go to graduations, those things are long. They're probably like an hour and a half, but they were long, right? I went to graduations in my high school. When I graduated, we had 600 students. 600 students in my high school when I graduated, and that was 19 years ago. Okay, I graduated the year 2000, all right? Woo, that's right, absolutely. New millennium, that was awesome. Now to this day, I looked it up, and they are now graduating. That same high school is graduating 12 years. Hundred students tomorrow, twelve hundred students, and I was just like, my gosh. And my nephew goes to that same high school, and I was like, look, um, what I'm gonna do when you graduate? He's, he, guys about, he has about three more years. So what I'm gonna do with, when you graduate is I'm just gonna fly. You tell me when graduation starts, and I just take a plane right when it starts and get there. And I'll probably get there because you're in the M, so I'll probably get there whenever it gets to your name. So you'll be, we'll be good, right? Um. And looking at that, and when I was 10 years old, but back to when I was 10 years old in this graduation, it seemed very long. It didn't matter if it was 100 students, 200 students, it seemed long. And then I remember as the graduates came out, and they had this one song, the one song that we all know, and that's Pops and, Circ- Pops and Circumstance, right? The dun, na, 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 right, we all know that song. And, and, and I remember listening to that song, and as soon as that song played, my eyes got real wide, because that wasn't Pops and Circumstance to me. That was Macho Man Randy Savage's entrance theme music, and I thought that WWF was about to take place in that moment. I thought the Macho Man was about to come out and say, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, wait up. This is a WWF. Because not only that, it was the same arena that we graduated in that my parents would take us to, w- or my dad would take us to WWF matches too. I can't say my mom because my mom went all into that. But my dad would take us to, right? And so we would, we would go there, and I would think, man, this is this is Macho Man Randy Savage. You're going to snap it to a Slim Jim. What's going to go on? Um, so in listening to that, that's what I thought. But see, People had to shed light on that for me, and I had to understand that that wasn't. And then I remember in fifth grade when I graduated, when I graduated, fifth grade graduation, and we were, going on the, we we're going on the middle school, such a big milestone as well, you know, when you're doing that, because now you're starting to get a little bit more independent. Mom can't just go and drop you off at the class anymore or anything else. Um, and I remember the school, like they had the slideshow. And I remember that the teachers got to choose the music. We wanted music from today, but no. The teachers wanted to choose two songs to represent it, and that was, uh, that was um, The Greatest Love of All and Wind Beneath My Wings. <laughs> now, come on. And that was like, and see, this was like in the 90s, right? And that was stuff like back in 82, 83, when that, when the, when that music came out. And I was like, now, nah, come on now. Like this is old, now yes, Whitney, Whitney Houston is the queen of power ballads, I get that, I understand that, Bette Midler is just the same. But we wanted, we wanted, because I'm gonna tell you the way I was dressed up for fifth grade graduation was this was back in the 90s when you had the, the, the pants with the cuffed up, the cuffed up uh, you know the legs were cuffed up a little bit. You had a tie and you had a nice shirt because what was popping at that point in time was boys to men. And they made that look very, very popular. And so, because Boys to Men was popping at that point in time, what I wanted is, I, we what me and my friends wanted. We wanted the end of the road. We wanted, yes, absolutely. Although we go to the end, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And see, that's what we wanted. We wanted the songs from today to be represented in our slideshow. That's what we wanted. That's what we wanted to see. But little did we know, a w- few you know, a few grades later, they shed light on that as well because. That's a breakup song that if you really listen to it, that's a breakup song at the, at the very first time, man, you know, you hear Sean, you hear Juan Ye, and then you hear that deep voice talk about, baby, I'm sorry. Like that's where you knew that was a breakup song. And that was, and that's where light was shed in that moment in time for me. And I was like, so yeah, we're breaking up with fifth grade, going to sixth grade. We are on to better and better, th- bigger, better things. That's right. And you see, it's no different in the book of Mark. I know y'all thinking, wait a minute, where's he going with this? But I got it. It's no different in the book of Mark, especially Mark 4:21 through 25. Because Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's teaching and he's saying that there needs to be a light that is shed. We need to shed light on what's happening, and we cannot hide that light. So let's go ahead and, and read that real quick. Mark 4:21 through 25. It says, and he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears, let him hear. If anyone has ears, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And still more will be added to you. For to the one who has more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. That's why I'm so thankful to know that songs like you say that are on the radio, that, that our students can appreciate that. Because they're shedding light in this dark world. They're shedding light on what's to be seen. And even in, in some points in times where we're not educated to know that, you know, certain things, certain things aren't acceptable. Like, yeah, boys to men ain't acceptable to, to, you know, for a fifth grade graduation because it's about a breakup. Yeah, I understand that. Right. Or even when Whitney Houston was being played, when Whitney Houston was being played, I was like, wait a minute, that's not Whitney Houston. That's, that sings that song. That's sexual chocolate. That's supposed to be singing that song right there. And for those of y'all don't know the coming to America reference, that's what I thought, because that's who I knew. I didn't know. I didn't know any other version, any other version version of that song. I just knew that, that specific one. So when things are shed light, we need to understand that as we hide that light, that that's not going to do good. And so my first point here is that we should not hide it. We should not. Don't hide it. Don't hide the light. In Matthew, or in Mark, when he, when he talks about it, 421 through 22, he says, and he said to them, is a lamp brought, a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed? And not on a stand, for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest. Nor is anything secret except to come to light. And when we say that, another point is be visible. Make make sure your light is turned on. We have to make sure that in everything that we do, that people can see our light. That people, that that light is visible. That light is, that it is seen throughout everything. And that it is not just there being hidden. We need to understand that we cannot allow our light to be smothered by stuff. Because light cannot live in darkness. Light was actually made to illuminate the darkness. So we cannot go and figure out that we're going to go ahead and just say, Look, man, I'm just going to go ahead and turn it off. And turn it on when I need to because we also need to understand that Jesus is not just a weekend thing nor is Jesus just a Sunday and Wednesday thing Jesus is a 24-7 everyday thing and that's what we need to understand even as we go off to college my seniors is that it is not just a Sunday Wednesday thing it's not just a weekend thing it's a 24-7 thing and we cannot understand. And with that light in us, we cannot live in the darkness. Why? Because we were made to be a lamp. That is, that when that light shines on that lamp, we are to illuminate the darkness. People need to see us and say, "Man, I want what that person has." People need to be attracted to the light. They don't need to just say, "Man, well, I don't want to go there." And see, in Matthew five fourteen, it says. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. That was an extra one I threw in. Sorry about that, Randy. But um, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And, you know, when you shed the light of Christ, a couple things happen that people are drawn to it. But also it makes you a little vulnerable. Because when Jesus was talking about this and he was talking about about it in Matthew, he wasn't necessarily saying that, hey, man, when you shed your light, it's going to be all good everything's going to be all gravy. It's going to be cool. It's going to be good because people are going to come to you. And yes, that's, that's true. But you see the villages that were set on a hill, when they had the light, people can see them and people can say, man, I wonder what that do. Some people even got jealous. Why? Because they were able to work in the villages at night because once again, light illuminates darkness. You cannot hide the light. You can try to cover it up as much as you can, but you can't hide it. And so people would get jealous, and so other villages, what they would do is they would be attracted to that light because they wanted what that light they wanted what that light was, but that also made those villages susceptible to attacks because people can see them, and it's no different nowadays. When you go, when you go, and you are shining that light, when you go and you are leading worship. When you go and you are being a leader in your school, when you go and you are even a leader amongst within our ministry as well and even amongst the church, your light is shining. Your light is turned on because you're saying I'm unashamed of Jesus Christ and what he does. And I'm doing that so much that I want to make sure that my light is on all the time. Because as that light is turned on, other people can see what my light, what my light is. And people are attracted to that. And you know, and another thing is that we need to display His light and not our own. We need to make sure that we're displaying His light, Jesus' light, and not our own. Because sometimes what we want to do, let's just be honest, and I'm going to turn this down a little bit, but what we want to do is we want to shine our light brighter. We want to say, yeah, I did that. That was me. And we don't want to give any kind of glory or honor to God. And I'm going to be the first one to say, yes, man, I do that sometimes. But the truth of the matter is, it's Jesus that shines that light. It is Jesus that got you where you are. It is Jesus that happens, and we need to do that. And we don't need to go out, and, and let's just be honest, and let's just be, you know, and we, don't need to be, we don't need to go out and just have pride in all that either. And kind of like compete with where that brightness is coming from. And where that brightness happens. We don't need to do that. What we need to do is we need to lift each other up. As as a church, we need to lift up each other. As adults, we need to lift up our students. Students, we need to also lift up our adults. That's why I think it's so awesome that when we have some people here that give their testimony, like Miss Stella, who I said was a little marinated, and yes, she is, and that's awesome because that just means that that's amazing. That's a good thing. She told me it was okay for me to say that, so I had to ask for permission this time, right? And when she tells her testimony, and some of our younger students can look at that and say, "I want that. I want that decision to be made." And so when that happens, that is a light that's being displayed, and she ain't turning off that light. And I'm going to tell you, because of that, because of that, there has been a, a just just a just a light that has been in display for each and every one of these seniors here that we see and that people are drawn to and that people want as well. And just to give an example, there's an example here when you start displaying your own light and start talking about what you can do and not talking about the glory of God. And it's found in Mark 10, 17 through 22. It's the story of the rich young ruler. It says, and, and as he was setting out on his journey, Go, sell all that you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Disheartened by saying he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. You know, when we're worried more about our possessions than we're worried about following Jesus Christ, that's a problem. Because our light is not found in Jesus Christ. Our light is found in stuff. And we cannot hide the light of Jesus Christ. But you see, this rich young ruler, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to display his light. There was a light. There was something something inside of him that was beaming. But he allowed other things to kind of cover it up. And just like it says in, in Mark 4, there's those secrets that need to be that need to come out and you see this young rich young ruler probably had some secrets some of them were probably big some of them were probably small secrets and you see how what happens is the light that is shined ends up being absorbed by these secrets. So if we could turn down the lights just a little bit. I know I didn't tell you you about this a little bit, but I want you to see this. You see how these light, you see how this this light ends up being just absorbed by these secrets. So you can't really tell. You could see it glowing, but you can't see it illuminate. And you know, that's why we need to understand that we don't need to fight the light of Christ, which is my next point. Don't fight it. Don't fight the light of Christ and how do we do that well first of all we need to be a little transparent and we need to understand that these secrets cannot cover up that light so we need to add a little bit more of Jesus into our life we need to do what we can to expose these secrets and sometimes what even that means and for some of us in here we need some people To help us out with that too. We need people that are going to pray for us. So I have two people that I'm going to go ahead and show that we need people to pour into our lives just as much as well. We need to trust these people that they're going to pour in the solid foundation and word of Christ in it as well. And that they're going to continue doing that. And then as we start building ourselves up, as these people start holding our hands and understanding that, we'll see that these secrets start becoming exposed. But you know what? With Jesus, we cannot fight to make sure that these, Jesus stay, that, these, that these secrets stay like this. So what we need to do is we need to add more Jesus. We need to start involving ourselves more. We need to start being transparent. We need to be humble, open, and honest. We need to keep doing that over and over to where what happens is that these secrets start becoming exposed and now that light illuminates without anyone or anything or any secrets covering that light up and just kind of just staying within it as well. It starts illuminating. We cannot let our secrets cover up the light of Christ because it ain't gonna happen. If we are living... In the light, people will be attracted to it. But if we just have these secrets, people are going to be attracted to what they think they see. So that's also my next point, is that we need to be accountable. You see, as Mark talks about in 4.23 through 26, don't fight it. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And still... More will be added to you, for to the one who has more will be given from the one who has not. Even what he has will be taken away. (laughs) Don't fight it. We need to be accountable. Because when we are transparent and when we can see how this illuminates, amazing things happen. It may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen the next week. It may not even happen for a long time, but it will happen. We cannot put a filter on Jesus. We need to seek truth through scripture. Your teachers, your family members, your celebrities are not a substitute for the gospel. Your teachers, your family members, your celebrities are not a substitute for the gospel. And I will sit here and tell you right now that that's not the case. When you say something like, well, Eric said, it doesn't matter what I say. It matters what Jesus says. And the only way we can really truly understand it is if we are displaying our light and if we are transparent. Because the one thing I'm going to tell you right now that I've been telling my students is we cannot put god in a box. And when all we want to do is search for answers and just have an answer, then there's a faith problem there. Because sometimes what we want to do is we just want answers and that's it. And that's okay. But you see that's why we have the holy spirit to guide us. That's why we have that's why we allow ourselves to get poured into because when we get poured into and the, the it starts overflowing That's when God starts giving you the answers, when you allow those secrets to come to life and to be exposed. And I'm going to tell you, it's such an amazing thing to see. It's such an amazing thing to be a part of. And that when you walk in that light, you are walking as one approved. As it states in 2 Timothy 2, 14 through 16. It says, remind them of these things. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words which does no good but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth, but avoid irrelevant babble for it will lead people into more, more and more ungodliness. Ephesians 5 7 it says, Ephesians 5 7 through 8 it says, therefore do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Don't hide your light. Be visible. Don't fight. Don't fight that light. Be open. Be honest. Be transparent. And at the same time, when we look at this and walking as one approved, let's stop finding out what's wrong with some people and let's just walk with them. Let's stop trying to fix people by telling them what to do. And let's pour into them instead of trying to fix what is going on. Because you see, Jesus wants us to pour into each other. He wants the gospel to be poured into each and every person. And that's how we do that. We do that with love. We don't try to shine a light that's brighter than anyone else's. Because in all honesty, sometimes our lights may be different colors. May be different, may look different. It doesn't mean that we don't serve the same Jesus. And I'm going to say that one more time. Our colors may be a little different because if we're, if we're showing the light of Christ, I'm going to tell you one thing, what it does mean. It's foundational in the fact that you've accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. It's showing that you're walking in him daily. And then the truth of the matter is, is that it may not look the same as somebody else's. You, someone else may be called to something else, And just because they're not called to the same thing doesn't mean that you need to try to get them involved in what you're called to do. But everything should be at the basis of Jesus Christ and his word. And if it's not, then you really need to evaluate what is going on in your life. We need to add light to the darkness. We need to shed light to the darkness. We cannot be lit up in Christ and be in the dark or try to hide in the dark because when you're lit up, it's not going to work. And in conclusion, let me just state my last point, which is be fearless but smart. Be fearless but smart. Robbie Zacharias says, in a book, The Logic of God, it says, In a world where trees that separate us are large and discussions of ultimate truth often generate more heat than light, we must seek to come together to consider the truth in the open. The barriers to belief may be of many. The bridges to every heart heart ought never to be lost. Then and only then can genuine peace come, made possible by the grace of God. Let's have grace for those who don't know what the light is, and let's be the light. And just as we wrap up here, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you two stories about what it looks like to be the light, in a sense, and how frustrating it can be when you want that light to shine, and it's not shining right then and there. I'll tell you, um, when, I first moved, um, when I first moved out of the house, you know, and went to school at Southwest Texas State University. Spent a year there. Wasn't really focused on, you know, after I, after I became a Christian, I, I went off into school and I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to be bold. I'm going I'm, I'm to be there. I'm 19 years old or I'm 20 years old at this time. I'm going off. I took two years of community college, went to San Jack University, went to school with Patrick Swayze. That's right. Um, he went to San, San Jacinto College. It was a community college famous alumni is Patrick Swayze. Um, and, and so in, in there, I transferred off to SWT. And, and I remember pledging um, a fraternity. And I know y'all looking at me and say, oh, your boy pledged a fraternity? Yes, your boy pledged a fraternity. But that was probably, I'm going to tell you right now, that, that was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. Because as I pledged that fraternity, it has allowed me that one of the first times that I ever, and if you pledge in the fraternity, the specific fraternity I was, it was a minority fraternity. And I remember that that was one of the first times that I actually, when I crossed and when I became a brother, that was one of the first times I actually prayed out loud with my fraternity brother, Jorge. And we held hands and prayed and had a moment where God was just around us in that moment. Now, at that point in time, was I being tossed to and fro by the waves of the world? Absolutely, I was. But there was still a light that was being shown. And I had to make myself vulnerable in many situations with my fraternity brothers to let them know where I came from to let them know what was happening in my life and it worked in many situations and then also in doing that and understanding how I can grasp the gospel especially when I went off into uh, when I went off to MTSU and in coming here for the first time and being nervous and not knowing anything one of the things I had a fraternity we had a fraternity here in the state of Tennessee at Vanderbilt University and one of my fraternity brothers actually opened up his house to me And said, hey, look, you can stay here as long as you want so you can get everything settled with school and how we can and how you can manage all your time and everything else. And I was like, great, that's awesome, dude. And spreading the gospel to him was an amazing thing. And it just goes to show and I'm going to tell you right now that that fraternity brother that I've had conversations with has actually taught four of our students in this student ministry. This was before he was even a teacher. This was before I even knew those students as students at Hume Fogg. And then also, another one of my fraternity brothers called me the other day. He called me or, uh, or emailed me the other day and said he is, you know, he just talked about how, you know, what was, what was going on in his life. And he told me, hey, man, I'm about to start a church in Mexico City. And if you don't mind, Eric, I want you to pray for me. Because if you know anything about fraternities, we always hear all the party, all the beer, all the, all the all this other, other stuff. But see, that wasn't my experience. My experience was to go there for and reach some nations and, and spread the gospel. I didn't realize it at the time, but it was. Because as I was saying no to certain things, that light was being brighter, being turned brighter more and more. And even... In another situation, even as that was going on, I was a bartender at a restaurant here. Oh, you're saying, oh, man, your boy was a bartender. Yes, I was a bartender as well. (laughs) Absolutely. It's all coming out. I'm letting all my secrets out right now, (laughs) right? That's right. We're going to do this. And, And as I was bartending, there was a guy that I worked with, and he was going through some things. He was living in a halfway house. He was relapsing every now and then. He was addicted to cocaine. And I remember just talking to him and having conversations. And we spoke on the phone about two weeks ago. And he told me, he said, I remember, Eric, when you used to bartend and you would always sing worship songs as you were bartending. I was just holding people accountable. That's what it was. Absolutely. That's all I was doing. And he said, you would, you would sing those worship songs. And it convicted me. And I remember bringing him to church, um, bringing him to church with me and Adrian when we were dating at that point in time. And, and he would, you know, and he was there and I remember him crying. I remember just being, I remember him crying It just the Holy Spirit was moving in him because he wanted to make a decision. He wanted his light to shine, but he had secrets. He had secrets. And I remember throughout that time, just to give you some context in that, in that point, at that point, I was denied a job to work at a summer camp. And I remember I was so mad at that. I was so furious that, why, God, can you not use me? Why, God, can you not use me? And that was the summer that I met Jeff, who I'm talking to you about now. And little did I know, he would send me. And then I remember that at the end of that summer, I remember not seeing him again because I found out he went back to Oklahoma. And I was like, man, you know, I don't know, I don't know what was going on. We were, we, were, we were hitting it off pretty well. And then he emails me in 2013. This was another time. This was also another time when I had two kids and I was out of a job for about a month. And I'm sitting here going, Jesus, what is going on? What is going on with the situation right now? And I'm going to tell you, I was mad. But then about a week later, he emails me. And he tells me, you were the light that was illuminating the darkness in my life, and he starts airing out his secrets and telling me what was going on. And he said, I remembered you leading worship amongst the bartenders. I remember you talking to me and praying with me. And he goes, if it wasn't for that, then I wouldn't have even been convicted to get out of the situation that I was in. And then Jeff called me two weeks ago. He's married, he's sober and he started his first year in seminary. (laughs) And I say all this to say, don't let secrets absorb your light. Students, don't let things come into the way of your relationship with Christ. There's gonna be a time right now, some of our graduates, you are independent right now. Don't let that hinder What God wants you to do because he has a plan for each and every one of you. And that is to shed that light. And don't think that you have to be on a platform to do it because you know what? I was just a bartender. I was just a fraternity brother. And God still uses the light. And it will get frustrating. And that's for everyone. It will get frustrating to know that you feel that you're called to something and you feel like you're not being used. But be the light that God wants you to be. He's using you in this moment now. Don't hide it with your secrets. Pour a little bit of Jesus on it. Pour more Jesus on it. Even if it means that people have to come up and pour Jesus on it as well. Let those secrets come to light. So you can illuminate and people can be attracted to it. If I can just be honest and say the selfish part of it. Is that when my boys become of age to graduate, I want them to look at you guys. Because they're going to say, well, my dad says that, my dad says that, or my mom says that. But I want them to look to you to know that there's a coolness to following Christ. That there's a relevance to following Christ. And that there is a need to follow Christ. Because in 18 years or in 10 years, oh gosh, whoo. In 10 years, (laughs) when my first boy comes to graduate, I want them, I want to be able to look to you to know that you are still serving God. So I could probably call call on you and say, hey, I need you to speak to my boy real quick. He ain't handling it right. (laughs) And as we conclude today, as the band comes up, how are you shedding the light? How are you the light in your situation? Are you hiding it? Or is it bright and shining? What are we gonna to do to be the light? Let's not hide it. We have some prayer partners that are gonna come up. So at this point in time, if you feel if you feel just like you have some things on your heart, we have some prayer partners that are going to be on each side of the room that will help you and in, in, in talk with you about that and pray with you about that. If you feel that there's a need that you need to place on the cross, whether it, become, whether it be any questions or whatever that may be, let's do that. If you feel the need to do business with Jesus, with God here at this altar, you are more than welcome to do that as well. But I'm going I'm to tell you right now, let's not leave in knowing that we're not shining the light. Let's make sure those secrets are exposed so we can let that light shine because that is going to do nothing but allow ourselves to reach the ends of the world with Jesus Christ in our heart. And if you don't know who he is, I'm going to invite you right now. Let's pour some more Jesus on that so we can see what God has for you. Let's pray. God, it is such an honor. To bring the message today. To not only only honor our our graduating seniors, but to honor you, Jesus. To honor what you've done in each and every one of our lives. And let's not let this moment pass to where we're just sitting ducks and just still want to be here. But let's go ahead and be visible. Let's be accountable. Let's be fearless but let's be smart. I am so glad that I have the opportunity to praise you and worship you unashamedly. And that if there's anyone in here that still still has those secrets, God, I'm gonna ask you right now that you come into their heart so that they expose them. So that we as a body of believers can walk alongside them and not tell them that they need to shine that light. But walk alongside them shining our light so they want what we have, God. As we pray, may we be there for one another. May we emboldly boldly follow you in what you want us to do. Not what the world says we're to do, but what you want us to do, God. I'm asking all this be done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.